Welcome to Scream Grabs, a weekly series from Macabre Bros and Bras, where we dissect one scene and one scene only, good, bad, or ugly, showing how it makes great horror legendary, good horror better, or even shitty horror watchable. What's up, Macabre fam, all you horror fiends out there? This is Phil, Macabre Brothers original, coming to you just a few days before Christmas with a holiday-themed Scream Grab and I'm going to be taking a look at one of my favorite holiday horror films, Black Christmas, the original from 1974, also known as Silent Night, Evil Night here in the U.S. Now I'll get to some fun facts about Black Christmas after I go through my favorite scene from that film, and it is probably one of the best scenes from a horror film that has nothing to do at all with death, killing, murder, mutilation. It all has to do with atmosphere and audio, incredible audio mixing. And I'm talking about the scene that sets off most of the action for the original Black Christmas, the phone call from the killer. So let me set up the scene for you. Black Christmas takes place at a sorority house and most of the sorority sisters, they've gone home for the holidays, leaving only a few behind along with the house mother, a cranky, crotchety, funny old drunk who hides booze in flasks throughout the house. She's another one of the brilliant touches in this very low-key atmospheric sort of film. The sisters, they've been getting calls from somebody they've titled, quote, The Moaner. He doesn't introduce himself, gives no name, gives no other details other than usually being pretty fucking perverted and moaning, whining, crying, talking to them dirty on the phone, and then hanging up. And this call comes right before the main action of the film. Uh, one girl answers the phone, says, it's him, it's him, it's the moaner again. Hey, quiet, it's him again, the moaner. In the background, we've got Park the Herald Angel Sings playing another great, brilliant touch of atmosphere in this film. Uh, and as the audio continues, it's strange. It's like all the others. There's really no words. It's not anybody talking or not anybody overtly threatening anyone. It's just... Strange. And one girl very nervously is wondering, you know, if there's even one person on the phone or if it's two people. Another girl jokes, oh, it's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. No, Claire, that's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir doing their annual obscene phone call. And you get some great, um, you know, back and forth, getting the personalities from these girls around the um, nexus of this call. And they get progressively stranger and stranger and stranger. It almost at one point sounds like somebody's being murdered, like actually being killed on the phone. <laughs> Intel. We get to the most perverse stretch, the final you know, minute or so of this call, and the scene itself, only two and a half minutes long. The final minute gets real nasty. And one of the girls, she can't take it anymore. She, she decides to uh, talk back to him, let this uh, moaner know that he's not welcome. Stop calling us, you sick fuck. Listen, you pervert, why don't you go over to Lampa Kai? They could use a little of this. Oh, why don't you go find a wall socket and stick your tongue in it? That'll give you a charge. I'll stick my tongue up your pretty pussy. You fucking creep. And then suddenly, the voice becomes very clear. followed, of course, by the dial tone, and it ends. 
And all this comes right before that very first kill of the movie. Now, I won't give anything away, especially if you haven't seen it, but there's a reason your mom and dad told you to never play with plastic bags. But, but even beyond that first kill, and I mean that first kill, wow, it sticks with you the entire movie, literally sticks with you the whole movie. Whether or not you're a slasher fan, if you are a horror fan, period, this was one of the very first holiday horror movies, but also a prototype for slashers in general. I mean, it came out in 1974. That's the exact same year as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, considered another prototype for slashers, uh, not too long after Psycho came out, only a couple years after that, and long before many of the other movies that we know of as slashers, Halloween, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, way before all those. This is the blueprint that so many of those films followed. It's got the, uh, the point of view camera, where we've got the uh, cameraman who is showing us what the killer sees as he's creeping around this sorority house. We also get the final girl trope, as well as, of course, some very memorable kills, along with that very first one that happens, plus some others, like a girl who gets stabbed to death with a unicorn. Yeah, make you think twice about buying your little niece a My Little Pony for Christmas. Not only does it have all these great kills, these great moments that would then go on to inform the entire genre for, you know, the next 45 years, this film also is kind of a landmark film for so many reasons. First of all, because of who was involved in it. Uh, I found a great article from Mental Floss, The 12 Things You Didn't Know About Black Christmas, and we'll start with the director, Bob Clark. Not exactly a household name, but Bob Clark, 10 years after this film, would go on to direct another Christmas movie, A Christmas Story. An official red writer covered action two and Joe Ball air rifle. Ooh, no. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no, it was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, with the Red Rider BB gun and the tongue stuck to the light post. Family-friendly movie. Yeah, totally different films, but they do still share some, you know, some similar um, traits. Uh, you know, Bob Clark's, he's obviously got a thing for Christmas, whether it is macabre Christmas or that more fun-loving but also kind of somber, oh, my God, my fucking family, I can't believe them sort of Christmas. Uh, he also very directly inspired John Carpenter's Halloween. Now, I always knew that Halloween was inspired by this film. You know, it does take some of those, like especially the POV of Michael Myers. But Bob Clark and Jim Carpenter, they worked together on a film between uh, Black Christmas and Halloween where uh, Jim Carpenter told Bob Clark he loved the film. He loved everything about it, thought it was great, great atmosphere, great horror, great scares. And Bob Clark said, well, you know what? I actually had an idea for a sequel. His idea for the sequel was that the killer at the end of Black Christmas gets caught, gets sent to a mental institution, and then escapes to exact revenge on all the people that screwed him over. Sound a little bit like Michael Myers? Yeah. Definitely. Although Bob Clark did also come out and say, you know, um, Halloween, it was uh, totally Jim Carpenter's idea. He doesn't want any credit for it. He just gave him, you know, the little bit of a inkling of an idea. Um, some other things about this one, too. Huge, huge stars in this cast, especially for the horror genre. Uh, we'll start first with the biggest. Olivia Hussey. Hussey? Hussey? I'm not sure. S sorry, Olivia, if you're still out there. She plays the uh, final girl in this flick, and she was fresh off playing Juliet in 1969's Romeo and Juliet. She played Juliet when she was 15. Then you've got Margot Kidder, 
who was undiscovered at the time. This came four years before she played Lois Lane in Superman, five years before she was the main actress in Amityville Horror. You also got John Saxon, who was Nancy's dad from A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Keir D'Elia. He was one of several astronauts in 2001 A Space Odyssey. He's the guy that utters that infamous line to Hal. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. So much star power in this one little flick, and sadly, for some reason, Black Christmas just tends to get overlooked. It even got overlooked way back in the day. For whatever reason, you know, it was a hit in Canada where it was filmed. It was filmed in Toronto, and it did great with audiences up there. When it came to the U.S., despite the fact that there was American flags in the background and it was based at a sorority, an American sorority, it just kind of crashed and burned when it first hit theaters back in 74 in the USA until... It found that cult following as so many great films have done. You know, we've seen it happen time and time and time again. Movies like, you know, The Evil Dead and um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Rocky Horror Picture Show. They just kind of uh, don't do much of anything their first time around. And then once that cult following finds them, they really take off. And this movie definitely deserves a watch. If you are into atmospheric horror, slow-burning horror, but also the sort of grisly, gruesome, and gut-wrenching kills that you get from a slasher, check it out. You'll be able to pick apart the pieces of slasher filmdom to come as you're watching Black Christmas. Uh, and last I saw, it was streaming on some services. It might not be free right now, but you can definitely find it. Black Christmas, also known as Silent Night, Evil Night way back in the day. This is Phil coming to you with my favorite scene, wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas and be sure to check your attic.